At Athletic Brewing Company, we've built America's first craft non-alcoholic brewery. We've created a lineup of award-winning non-alcoholic beers. Our beers are made with organic grains and start at only 50 calories. Athletic beers are perfect for anyone who loves being healthy and active, but also loves to enjoy great tasting beer with friends. To give us a try, go to athleticbrewingcompany.com and use code ATHLETIC20 for 20% off your first order. We all know what comes with being a fan, the ups, the downs, and everything in between. Share a Coke with a friend. Coca-Cola, the official beverage of the Columbia Lions. Welcome in. It's Morningside Hoops Podcast. I'm Kyle Matrician, joined here by my trusty sidekicks. Can I call you sidekicks? Sure. I don't know. All right. My trusty sidekicks, Aaliyah Funshell and Matt Sugum. Aaliyah and Matt. Matt, love the orange. Is, this, is, it, is that a, what's the hoodie here? Yeah. WNBA. The WNBA. That's what I thought it was. He's I just couldn't my see. Style. I should have worn mine. We could have Yeah, twinned. you could have matched. We would look like evil twins, like you, thing one Aaliyah's, and thing two. Aaliyah has worn that same hoodie. Not the same exact one, but you know, yeah. I, unless you guys traded, I'm not sure. Uh, we did not trade. Okay. No, not okay. today. We could be thing one and thing two though. We can just like twin. It's a nice hoodie. I like to uh, rep my lady ballers. I, we have some good wins here at Columbia. We do. We do. And we're going to get into that. Good segue, Matt. Uh, we're going to get into that on this week's podcast. We've got, first, we're going to talk to Hannah Pratt from the women's basketball team, and she might surprise us with a guest. We're not sure yet. Yeah, we're really we on the edge know. of our seats. We are waiting on the edge of our seats, <laughs> but we know we're going to talk to Hannah Pratt. We're pretty sure it's only going to be Hannah Pratt because I feel like she would have told me by now. Uh, from the women's basketball team, she's been having uh, quite a run here uh, at the beginning of Ivy League play. I mean, she really seems to have found something. She had 17 points and a career high, career high 17 points and a career high 19 rebounds uh, in their most recent win, which came on Saturday at Brown. Uh, she's averaging 10 rebounds a game right now at the time that we're recording this in Ivy League play. We know we're posting this on a Thursday, and the women will have played another game against Penn, uh, but we don't know that result yet because we haven't. We haven't played that yet. We're just living in the moment. We're living, right. <laughs> uh, so we're going to talk to Hannah Pratt first, and then we're going to be joined by Zay McLean from the men's basketball team. And Matt and Aaliyah, you two are going to talk to Zay with my good pal, Mike Kowalski. I'm going to step out like I did last week for that one. Yeah. Exciting. Was, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited you to You sounded to excited. <laughs> Me or Aaliyah? <laughs> you. I, yeah, I was very excited. <laughs> We're both like deadpan over here. I We're have so my questions excited. ready. I'm ready to go. So talk to it. Let's let's uh, dive in a little bit to the men's and women's basketball team's recent games. Like we said, we are recording this podcast before the two teams will play this week. So we will not be talking about the men's game at Yale or the women's game at home against Penn, but we will definitely talk about those games on our podcast next week. But for the time being, let's talk about their most recent games. We'll start with the women at Brown, because that's what I know the most about. <laughs> uh, they came away with their fourth, fifth consecutive win, fourth consecutive win to start Ivy League play. They're 4-0 in the Ivy League for the first time in program history. They were also 13-3 overall for the first time in program history. Things really seem to be trending up for the women's basketball team. Aaliyah, what's your take? Give me the hot take. Oof. The hot take? I don't know. I Well... First of all, we all know this is like the best basketball team right now to watch in New York, um, in my humble opinion. Um, I just want to talk about our rebounding, though. Like, I I wish I had the stats pulled up, but knowing how many points they got off of the rebounds and um, offense and defense, uh, Caitlin Davis and Hannah Pratt had huge games with rebounds. Um, I don't know if you want to rattle off that stat. They combined for 36 rebounds in that game. It's Hannah insane. had 19. Caitlin Davis had 17, the most by two teammates in one game of NCAA women's basketball this season. It ties for the most, but still. It, plugging crazy. in as the most. Oh, yeah. Uh, and also, Columbia had 64 rebounds in that game. They out-rebounded Brown 64-39. to 39, That is insane. Plus 25 on the glass. That is the second most rebounds in a single game in Columbia women's basketball history. The record... 
is 69 rebounds, which was accomplished in 1990. So that record still stands from uh, 32 years ago. But yes, uh, the women's basketball team is on fire, and hopefully they keep things going Wednesday night right here against Penn. Mm -hmm. Matt? Look like you want to say something. Yeah, I have a scorching hot take if you guys hot are take. Ready. Oh, I would love to hear it. A fire extinguisher somewhere yes. in the LGL, just in case. Uh, we have a fire hose for sure. In the yeah, Lennon right. Gymnasium. We yes. do. There's a yes. big sign for it. Yes. Uh, yeah, I just want to go on the record and say that Megan Griffith is one of, if not the best, young coach in the country. Say uh, it. I think it's. Say it with your chest. No, I think yeah. it, I think I it's. Agree. I think it's become clearly evident that she's one of, if not the top coach under 40 in in women's college basketball i think what she's done with this program over the last few years and this year is really showing more than anything else uh i mean obviously you saw it a couple years ago you know in march 2020 when everything got canceled and uh you know they had that year off and they've kept it rolling and they're obviously you know that the the history and the numbers that they all speak uh for themselves is, is clearly the uh the the best women's basketball uh team in program history they are clearly in the midst of trying to accomplish that for yes. sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Y- y- you know, look, it, it's all going to come down to the Ivy League title and, and whether or not they win that, but they're they're in contention. You know, you know better than me how many Ivy League wins they need to pile up to, to start, you know, getting more, more history, but it's the first four or five and oh start now in, yes. in Ivy League play yeah, in program their best history. was nine and five. Right, which so came we're, in 2010. We're so they're they're halfway well on, there well already. On their way to that. Right, so so it's uh you know it's all going to come down to March, but uh, she's uh, definitely uh I think going to be turning some heads uh, uh, nationally this season for sure. You're just trying to get her on your good side the next time you talk to her. <laughs> well, of course, on. exactly. I'm trying to get some better quotes for my uh, for my stories. That's, That's right. She listens every week, so she'll she'll remember. <laughs> she'll remember. No, I just want to talk about the culture she has built. I mean. I was editing some of the footage from the Cornell game and they're just so unselfish. Um, They, no one really tries to play hero ball. They're passing the ball. They give up the good shot to get the great shot. And I just think that that's something that kind of needs to be instilled through the culture. And Meg does a really good job doing that. And we talked off, off the air. I'll say it for the podcast. You know, I think culture is, that's a big word you hear now, you know, in sports in general. But I think when you look in college athletics and the Ivy League especially, culture fit for both the coaches and the players that you're bringing in are huge because of the institution that you're bringing them into. It's not just about playing uh, the, their respective sport. You have to go to class and do you know be a real student athlete more so than anywhere else. And obviously, Meg, having graduated uh, from here and being a student athlete and a basketball player herself is obviously going to know that as well as anybody. I think she's definitely uh, relatable. She comes yes, across exactly. as relatable to the to all the ladies on the team and they they you know when she when she knows what they have to go through with classes and you know work life not work life balance i guess uh what would you call that playing school but school yeah it's their job for all intents and purposes i mean they're they're putting in as much time as you would be as if you're working uh you know a a job as a graduate student or a student worker whatever it may be i mean these uh ladies put in a lot of time each week and uh and you had to balance an Ivy League uh, class schedule. Is uh, it's not easy. No, it is. You not. know, you're a grad student yes, here. So is Aaliyah. So yep. <laughs> didn't have to do. You guys didn't do undergrad here, no. though. No. It's a little different animal, but yes, yes. still and not now easy. They, they got these midweek basketball games and to now, deal with too, yeah. which is not e- easy when you're uh, you know juggling classes and everything. That's that is 100 percent true. And before we head into our interviews, let's also. Talk about the men's basketball team a little bit. Right now, one and three in the Ivy League, but as we've talked about on this podcast so many times, a very young core to this team. They're going to take, you know, Matt brought it up on a previous episode, uh, just roster-wise, you know, they're they're in a position where maybe they're going to take some licks this year, but you want to see the growth as the Ivy League season continues, right? Uh, their most recent game on Saturday at home against Brown. One of those games where it just really it didn't go their way. They faced a pretty big deficit at halftime. They fought back a little bit, some in the second half. Matt, uh, Aaliyah, you were both there. So what's yeah. so what's your take on that game? Matt, we'll start with you. Yeah, I think in general it's kind of like, like how, how you had mentioned. It's going to see how this team does through its growth throughout the season. So it's going to be how do they respond to games like this, you know? I mean, yeah, there, there's no no other way to put it other than, you know, you took your lickings on uh, on Saturday. I mean, it was, uh, it was 16-13, and after that it wasn't, you know, Columbia started turning the ball over, and uh, it wasn't a, much of a game from there. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they had a closer game against Harvard before that, um, but th- this was definitely 
a tougher loss and, and it's going to be interesting for you know especially for a younger team how quickly they can flush these and put them behind them and try and and, and pile up some wins here because it's not like you know there, there are uh as we've talked about on the podcast before there are a, a program that's trying to lay the foundation right now which is mm-hmm. gonna that's gonna pile up some losses when, when you're trying to do that so it, it's uh you know how do you respond uh from a game to game in a week to week basis so so we'll see i mean I, I think that's one of the good things about being a young team you know if we had a bunch of juniors and seniors and they were we're, we're losing a lot it, it's a lot harder to get them to buy in but when they're young guys and, and just learning college basketball for the first time you know getting back into classes and now playing ivy league basketball there's a lot of a lot of things that go into it that uh Hopefully they'll be able to start to turn things around here soon. Yeah. For me, like a lot of the things that went wrong in that game is stuff that they could control, which is, it is not fun to hear, but it's also promising. Like we know how to control the ball and to not um, make unforced errors, but we just didn't happen to do it in that game. So I think that they know exactly what went wrong and how to fix it. And we've seen them have a lot of promise and, I know they know how to clean it up, so that's the good thing that a lot of their mistakes that were in their control, they didn't really control it well that game, but they can easily clean that up and then have a lot closer game. Of course, like we, I mean, as you guys were talking about that, I brought the stats from that game back up, and you said <laughs> things that they can control. They had 22 turnovers in that game, yeah, which led to... I want to say 36. Am I right on that one? 34 points 34. off turnovers oh. for Brown. But you say okay, like those are things that those are things that they can fix that we can fix. Yeah. And then you look at the shooting percentages and it looks unbelievable. They shot 28 for 51 from the field. They shot 54.9% for yeah. the game. Oh, they exactly. shot they shot 6 of 14 from 3, so 43% as a team from 3 for that game. I mean, so the talent is there. Oh, yeah. And that's 100%. what's so frustrating about basketball itself. It's like Yeah. And, and I guess just this rigorous schedule is like you will have off nights, but I just hope that they don't get too in their heads about it because they are talented and I do see them starting to gel together a lot better. So now it's just a matter of just cleaning up those mistakes. And I think they'll have some pretty successful games once they do. Yeah, I think that's one of the uh, good things you can take away uh, from the game is while they turn the ball over a lot, you know, I was talking to a couple of guys after the game, and Ike, who's a, a senior captain, I believe he's a senior, right? Uh, he he took a, a lot of the blame for it because he had a couple early turnovers. Yeah. He said mm-hmm. when the game was, you know, like say, uh, around 16-13, he had a couple turnovers before the under-eight media timeout. That, that That's where the game kind of started to turn and uh, kind of get away from Columbia, and everything just started to snowball from there. But the reason I bring that up is just to have your senior leader be uh, holding himself accountable and taking mm-hmm. responsibility. I think that says a lot about, you know, the potential future of the program. 100%. All right. That being said, I think it's time to head to break. It's a good summation mm-hmm. of the last week in Columbia basketball, the action over the weekend. And when we come back, we're going to talk to the women first this week. It'll be Hannah Pratt joining us right here in studio, the Lou Gehrig Lounge. You won't want to miss it. Hope it's fun. Stick around. New York Presbyterian Hospital is one of the nation's most comprehensive, integrated academic health care delivery systems dedicated to providing the highest quality, most compassionate care and service to patients in the New York metropolitan area, nationally and throughout the globe. New York Presbyterian is consistently recognized as a leader in medical education, groundbreaking research, and innovative patient-centered clinical care. Ranked number one in the New York metropolitan area by U.S. News and World Report and repeatedly named to the honor roll of America's best hospitals, New York Presbyterian has 10 locations in the metropolitan area. For more information, visit nyp.org today. JAG-1 Physical Therapy is a proud partner of the Columbia Lions. With state-of-the-art rehabilitation equipment and facilities, allow us to develop a specific plan catered to each patient. The JAG-1 team proudly serves the tri-state area with facilities throughout Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, Westchester, Long Island, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. We're here for you. Get back the life you love. Visit www.jag1pt.com. That's J-A-G. O-N-E-P-T dot com for more information. All right. Welcome in. It's part one of this week's podcast, Morningside Hoops. Kyle Matrician, Leah Funchell, Matt Sugam with you, as he just told me how it's properly pronounced. And we are joined this week by Hannah Pratt. And surprise guest, we didn't tell you on the intro, but Hannah brought a guest. 
Drum roll, Leah. Oh. <laughs> you may have remembered her from two weeks ago on this very same podcast. It's Paige Lauder. Paige, welcome back. Thank you. You couldn't get enough. I just couldn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming. Yes, of course. Hannah, welcome back. First time, first time this season you're on, been yeah, on the podcast, first time right? This season. First time, welcome. You know. Thank you. Thank you. How do you? How have you been? How's every? How's life? Life is life is good, you know. Especially basketball, we're winning games. Couldn't be better. Yeah, thirteen and three, as we talked about in the introduction. Mm-hmm. Best uh, sixteen game start in program history. Ali, I said this to you earlier in the season, but I remember saying like, at what point do I stop saying best game start and just say mm-hmm. best season? But I mean, we got to like lock it up before you say yeah best you season. Don't yeah, anything. I think we're at the point where we can say off to the best season in in program in history. the midst of the best in the season. midst of the best. Yes, oh, right, right. Right. I mean, I think the wheels would have to like completely fall off. Like, like, <laughs> Wait, so know, what? Like, what is the best season? Ninety five. Okay, well, we talk talked about, about that earlier. About it, Anna. The best season is uh, in Division One since the team went Division One, which uh-huh. was in nineteen eighty seven. The best season was in two thousand nine dash ten. Judy Lomax, who I don't know if you know that name or not. She's a Hall of Famer here. She played here for two years. She was a transfer from Oregon State. Oh. Uh, she led the NCAA in rebounding. Okay. Uh, the Columbia went 18-10 and 10 that year and 9-5 and five in the Ivy League. Okay. That is the okay. best. That is the best Division I <laughs> season. And the best season in Columbia women's basketball history was in 1985-86 when they were still D3. The year before they went D1. 21 and 6 won the New York State Championship. That team is in the Hall of Fame. Matt's shaking his Well, it's hand. D3 that that doesn't That's it, all right, Matt. I'm giving it the Mike Francis hand hey, wave. The alums are listening <laughs> to this podcast, Matt, and they will disagree with you. <laughs> I, I, I'm just, you know, it, it's it's different divisions. It's That's true. Uh, I'm That's not true. I'm not trying to slander it's our 85 Division 3 best women's basketball right. team in program history. They I love all of you into ladies. The Hall of Fame. Uh, but yes, to answer your question, Hannah. Thank you. I now you know. I appreciate. Yeah. It. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know answer. if I'm supposed to be talking about this, but it's public information, so yeah. it's I fine. It's, I think it's yeah. fine. You. Uh, but let's. You know, while we've got Hannah here, we did. We did our fun facts on Paige when we had her here two weeks ago. So now let's reintroduce Hannah Pratt to our podcast listening audience. Hannah Pratt, a junior forward, six foot one. Is that correct? Yeah. That's Sometimes correct. people want to change their heights on this podcast. So. Nah, I'll All right. stick with six one. Six one. Are you? Are you six one? I am. Are you taller than KB? I'm, uh, I think so. I think I'm the, tall, is, I'm the tallest. Paige is the only one taller than me. You six two, six three. I'm six. I'm like a six solid six one. Yeah. KD has the longest wingspan. Well, we have you listed no, at six one. she yeah. doesn't. Who you does? Do? It's not KD. I we know measured my... in the. We took out a like tape measure, measured in the locker room. My wingspan's definitely longer than KD. Really? Wow. Surprisingly, wow. I know it doesn't look like it, but I you got hide some long it well. Arms. Yeah. You hide. <laughs> 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 uh. Junior forward, 6'1", from Boca, Boca Raton, Florida, Boca Raton High School, correct? Yep. Uh, Fun facts on Hannah Pratt. Her grandfather, Chris Jones, you wrote this in your bio when you submitted as a freshman and when you came here, so that's why I'm reading it. Do you know who Chris Jones is? Yes. (laughs) Dave eyes like, who is that man? Uh, Competed in swimming at the 1964 Olympic trials while he was still in high school. So I have a couple questions for you about your grandfather. Uh, does he still swim? He <laughs> does still swim. Okay. He swims like not every day, but he swims miles like three, wow. four times a week. That's yeah. insane. How yeah. old is he now? Uh, in his seventies. Okay, we guessed correctly. Yeah. Well, I, I was gonna say as he when you paused there for a second, I started laughing because in my head I'm thinking, oh my god, I hope this man is still alive. <laughs> he is. Same that would have been so. The same thing happened. The same when I asked her, is he still swimming? <laughs> like, <laughs> that was kind of my way of asking. <laughs> if we would have edited that out, if yes. it was a different yeah. answer for sure. Uh, Columbia basketball's biggest uh, fan, I hope, right? Yeah, one of, the, he, one of no, them. He loves watching, especially since I've gone to college. He's actually obsessed with watching UConn. Um, but oh, obviously, okay. obviously, he watches our games. Okay, um, I almost asked you if he went to the UConn St. John's game the other day, but I'm assuming he lives in Florida. So he, they actually, my grandparents used to live in Long Island, so okay. I've oh, wow. been coming up here my whole life. Um, but they moved to Georgia in 2020. Okay. Yep. Where and in he's Georgia? watching UConn all the way down there. Huh? Yeah. Um, I mean, you can, it's pretty easy. I mean, they're yeah. they're SNY, I guess. regional. Eh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they're we're in, in, uh, we're in Georgia. Decatur, Georgia. It's like okay. right outside Atlanta. Yep. No Decatur. Pretty well from my time in the southeast. Uh, what did he swim? Do you know? 
I have no At the idea. Olympic trials? No idea. Don't know. He, no, he went um, to the trials for water polo, actually. Well, that's not what it said in your bio. Well, I don't know. I I'm going to have to change that. I was a freshman. <laughs> I know. But he went to the Olympic trials for water polo. Yes, okay, water so polo. But We're going to have to scratch this whole podcast. Elite, Redo it. He's an elite swimmer, though. Nice. Well, yeah. you have to be an elite swimmer to be a good water polo yeah. player. Yeah. That sport's yeah. no joke. Water polo? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Have you played it? I have not, but my best friend in high school growing up was a water polo goalie, and she would her training would be to hold a med ball over her head and tread, tread water, water for yeah. 10 oh, minutes. Yeah, it's There's crazy. There's no way I could do that. That's, <laughs> That's the first time in my life I ever, like, officially cramped was in high school, like, in swimming class. <laughs> And I had no idea. I thought my leg was exploding. <laughs> I had no idea what was happening. Uh, yeah, that's that's wild. Uh, Hannah Pratt, we're gonna make we're gonna break news here on the podcast. Undeclared on a major, but that's not true because you're a junior, so you have to have declared by now. <laughs> so, so Hannah, what is your major? And I'll update your bio. Um, my major is psychology. Nice. How did you yeah. land on that? I was thinking about doing econ. And that didn't really work out for me. Um, Took a couple econ classes your first couple years. I did one years, econ and class, like, for me. and I was like, okay. nah. Okay. Um, but I've, I mean, I I took a psych class when I was in high school, and I've always been pretty interested in it. Um, so I just went with that. I was like, I don't know what I want to do, so I'll just do psychology. What are your uh, What are your plans as of right now when you graduate? Does uh, you, you feel like you have basketball in your future a little bit after graduation, or what do you? How do you feel? Um, well, definitely want to do a grad year because since I was injured my That's freshman right. year, yeah. yeah, I was injured my freshman year, so um, I definitely want to take that grad year after uh, I graduate here. But I don't know about after that. We'll see if my body holds <laughs> up. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and then last question for you. Was, oh, my question. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot what my question was. We were looking at what well, we were looking last at your bio. And you great. had, uh, well, no, there's two more. I think Aliyah had a question, correct? I do have a question. All two right, Aliyah questions. has a question. Go. Yeah. Who's uh, first? Matt can go. We'll go first with the tattoo question. Yeah. Wh- what inspired the rose <laughs> Oh, <tattoo>? man. <laughs> she's seen her eyes when you just asked. <laughs> yeah. She was like, what is he about Uh-oh, to ask is this me? an embarrassing <laughs> question? Are we cutting no. this from the podcast? No, no there's no way. She shows it off at all. That's what I mean. You know, you don't have the arm sleeve over your. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's actually a sunflower. Okay, my mistake. Um, the sunflower. <laughs> it's hard to tell. Yeah, I just, I just really like sunflowers, and uh, honestly, like if I was any type of flower, I'd be a sunflower. Like I'm tall and. You have sunflowers pretty, and yeah. boca. Um, no. Oh, thought That's maybe. That's the state that flower one. of Kansas. Is it? Yeah. yeah, it is. She's from Wichita. That's I was going to say, why do you know that? (laughs) So a couple quick follow-up questions. Uh Was this uh, a New York City tattoo, a Florida tattoo? Um, This one is a Florida tattoo. So there are multiple. Yeah, I actually have two other tattoos. Each was in a different state. Um, Yeah, so I got uh, my first one in New Jersey. Um, My second one. Nice. nice. (laughs) My second one I got in Georgia because I actually live there. for a little bit uh during my i took a gap year um and then this the sunflowers from in florida okay and then my third and final question i is, hope we're not breaking any news to your parents well that's no. that's my that's my <laughs> that's what my question was it was the first tattoo like a parental uh no-no or how did that whole conversation go well, I just didn't tell him. Right, right. <laughs> I was I was grown at that point. You were um, eighteen; it was legal. Yeah, or, uh, I yeah. don't I don't think I said anything about it. I just like showed up at home and I had some tattoos. Um, but my my sunflower one, I actually I, I was me and KD actually got our tattoos together, because um, we were just there for spring break, and <laughs> I was Crazy. I was at my house. And I was like, Mom, wh- where should I get my tattoo? Should I get it here? Or like, I had another position. And she said, whichever one's smaller. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, I did not listen to her. No, I was going to say, it's not, that's yeah. not really small. No, yeah. it's not super yeah. small. That's <laughs> nice, though. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank we're you. very happy that we did not break any news to Rory or Wayne uh, Pratt on this podcast. So. <laughs> Uh, but I, I mean, speaking of your parents, they come to a lot of games, even yes. though they live far. They live in Florida currently, yes, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I see. I saw your mom at uh, Brown. Mm-hmm. She made the trip. I've seen. Was your dad at Brown too? No, right? Yes, he oh, was. He was. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Sorry, Wayne. Sorry, Wayne, if you're listening. Sorry. He's <laughs> uh, <laughs> probably listening, traveling to uh, up to New York this week. Uh, do they? Do they? 
fly to most trips or do they do like or do they kind of drive and then hang around for a few weeks um my so actually my mom is like elite at finding cheap flights so like she'll like find a flight for 40 bucks what yeah um does she like on something other than spirit no but she's okay with flying spirit (laughs) sometimes it's something other than spirit but um yeah so she's really good at finding flights so she just comes up real quick like uh for the brown game she left at like five in the morning and then got home at like two in the morning she oh, wow. that, trip that is commitment yeah, literally a day trip that is commitment wow. i hope you get her nice mother's day gifts um <laughs> uh, not good with gifts but <laughs> <laughs> just flowers and say yeah. happy mother's day it's Thanks, the thought mom. that counts yeah <laughs> uh well I mean, is your is your mom? Assume your mom. You, you everybody gets a certain amount of people on the pass list for the upcoming game. So I assume your mom's now on the pass list. Yes, yeah, she actually won't be at the game this weekend, but she'll be the next one. I think she works. She's a principal, um, so it's kind of hard to miss. School. I gotcha. Oh, during the week. Yeah, during yeah. the week is a yeah. little bit harder. Um, so she won't be at this game, but she'll be. Nobody wants to go to Dartmouth, so she'll be at the. <laughs> no. She'll be at the pen away. It's also games. hard to find flights. So yeah. you get to fly to Boston and then like drive two yeah. hours. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to do that. That's so right. yeah, they'll be at the pen game. Wait, wait was your mom your principal? Um, actually, oh god, oh, here Matt we doesn't go. Know. Matt doesn't oh, know. Here we go. <laughs> um, actually, I guess technically yes, because until my junior year of high school, I was homeschooled. Homeschool Hannah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you call her, Paige? Is that a? Uh, I I don't, but I think you've been called that in yeah, the past. Yeah, it was kind of my nickname before I went to high school. Okay. Um, but for one year. Two years. Junior. Two, oh, junior sorry. Don't, I don't want yeah, to yeah, Get it right. Yeah. Get it right. <laughs> well, your mom did an excellent job because you made it to an Ivy League school. Yeah. So look that, at your mom yeah. go. She, she should put that on her resume. For, like, <laughs> she homeschooling people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> How many siblings do you have? Um, so I have two older siblings and a younger brother. But my, my older siblings are a lot older, um, like 10 and 8 years older than okay. me. Okay. So they they did homeschool a little bit but like mostly were in school but my younger brother um he actually plays football at Tulane and mm-hmm. he was also homeschooled but until his freshman year so we entered school at the same time just I was a little bit older okay did you like it yeah i i, I did i was glad that i was i'm very thankful for my time being homeschooled but i'm definitely glad i went to real school right. especially <laughs> before going to college because yeah. that would have been a well rude i feel awakening. like homeschool probably prepared her really well for the pandemic that, i was gonna right. say your parents <laughs> were just way ahead of the curve yeah, that's yeah. really all it was Hannah's like this is nothing guys yeah. oh. <laughs> i did this for 16 years yeah or however long like, you were probably about 16 i guess when you yeah 16 yeah, yeah your mom wasn't the principal at the high school you went to though um no she's um she she well i was like a kid she um did she like did i don't even know what it's called but she taught classes at a university like basically teaching adjunct professor yeah teaching teachers to be teachers wow so she would do like night classes and stuff like that um and then um when i went to high when went into high school i i like was doing this homeschool program and then she's an elementary educator so she's a principal of a middle school currently Wow. I love this. I love this for Rory. Can't wait to talk to her next time I see her. (laughs) Um, Paige, how you doing over there? I'm good. Paige is here for the moral support today. Yeah. She's, she's doing great. She's like the she's like the analyst. You know, we got Hannah here for play by play, and uh, Paige is the analyst. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but let's speaking of, let's talk a little basketball. You know, while we're here let's on a basketball it. podcast, uh, Hannah Pratt, we're gonna focus on you, like we said, because we had Paige earlier this season. So you know, <laughs> Paige, like we said, moral support. Uh, Hannah's played in all 16 games so far this season. She's averaging 6.1 points and 4.9 rebounds for the Lions. But in Ivy League play, I don't know, Hannah. Seems that something something clicked uh, in Ivy League play. Uh, she's averaging eight points and ten rebounds a game through the first four Ivy League games. Uh, Hannah, does it? I mean, like I said, it feels like something has clicked for you. Does it feel that way for you too, or do you just feel like you've kind of found your rhythm? Um, yeah, definitely. Just like found my rhythm, it started clicking. Um, you know, the fall. Uh, so. Before this year, I took a gap year. Um, yeah. So, like, the fall was actually kind of like, hard, you know, to get back into school and back in the swing of mm-hmm. basketball. Like, I, I haven't played a game in, in forever. Um, but, like, Christmas break was really rejuvenating. Um, so, I've been, I've been feeling really good lately. 
Um, so I think, and then also, you know, like it's Ivy League play. This is where it really counts. Yeah. So you know, we gotta we gotta step it up. Yeah, I feel like you're really hitting your stride here, right at the right at the right time for the yeah. team, which is really good to see. I'm glad. Uh, <laughs> she's like, thank, thankfully. <laughs> I, I was gonna ask, how much is is the team overall just kind of starting to hit its stride and find itself? I mean, we've already talked about that. It's clearly, you know. Uh, trajectory is that it's going to be the best team in, in school history. But mm-hmm. even coach said uh, after the game the other night that, you know, this team doesn't even really know how good it could be. So how much are you ladies kind of just starting to figure each other out and everybody learning their roles and, and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. I mean, I think we all know that we are doing something great, but uh, I mean, there's always space to get better. Um, and I think that like, like coach G said, like, we don't know how good we are because we could be doing like even better. Yeah. We're winning games, but like we should be blowing teams out, you know? Um, and I think like once, once that like starts clicking for us, um, it's going to be something really special and we're going to go a very long way. Well, that was definitely where I was going to go. <laughs> it seems, uh, all these games are very exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, <laughs> no matter that's how Too I was going to phrase it. No matter, <laughs> no matter who we play, it's a very exciting game. Uh, you know, it's close. But the thing is, even though all these games are close, and maybe you'd want to win them by more, it does seem like you guys never really lose control of the game, right? Yeah. Like the other team, a team, you know, you look on paper, maybe we're supposed to be. Uh, and they're making a run at you, and it's kind of an eight-point game, six-point game, not pulling away. But it, you all seem very comfortable out there in these moments, and it's I feel like because you've been in these moments so often this mm-hmm. season, and you've <laughs> been the team, and you've been the team in the non-conference season where you had so many fourth-quarter comebacks yeah. against a Clemson, against a Georgetown, against Davidson. Like uh, you guys have been in that position so often. Uh, so I'm going to ask you, after all of that. Uh, when you're in the fourth quarter of a game and it's close, do, does it does it even phase you anymore at this point, or do you just feel comfortable? Yeah, no, I mean, you feel the butterflies, maybe, but I, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't say that there's been a game where I'm like, oh, we're gonna lose this game. Like, yeah. there's like, yeah, they might c- come close, and c- like, yeah, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be winning games by only eight points, but. Um, I don't, there hasn't been one time where I'm like, oh crap, like, <laughs> I don't know what we're going to yeah. do about this one. Like, I, I think like, I, I'm speaking for myself, but I think the rest of the team as well, like we're yeah. all very confident that we're going to win the game. Yeah. I think everyone has that same mindset. I think we're just very confident out there and we always feel like we're in control. Yeah. I think that's honestly because I could be wrong, but you guys trust each other. Like if you're yeah, not having yeah. a good shooting night, you know that someone else will pick up the slack or if you're not yep. rebounding like you want to. So I feel like you don't see that that often with teams where you just trust each other so much right. and that could probably help alleviate yeah. some of that stress. And like we're a team where like someone new can step up every game. Like yeah, we don't just exactly. have like one superstar every single game. Yeah. And, and uh, sorry. And, uh, you know, speaking about different players stepping up different games, it's been Hannah, you know, a, cu- a couple of times recently. <laughs> uh, 17 <laughs> points, 19 rebounds uh, at Brown. Uh, I think we talked about it on the intro, but you and KD, I'm sure you saw, combined for the most rebounds by two people in a game in NCAA women's basketball this season. So a little fun fact uh, (laughs) that we we put out there the other day. Uh, You had 14 rebounds against Harvard. I mean, we talked about your kind of rebounding prowess, but also you had eight points and five rebounds in just 16 minutes against Cornell. So we won't won't revisit the rebounding too much, but I do (laughs) want to talk about, like Paige just said, it seems to be every game it can be be somebody else. KD was named Ivy League Player of the Week for a third time this yep. season. Uh, and I feel like a lot of people on the outside of the program think, oh, Columbia Women's Basketball, Abby Shue. But it's like, well, Caitlin Davis and Hannah Pratt and Sienna Durr and Paige Katie Lauders. Henderson, Paige yeah. Lauders come in. Paige Lauders. <laughs> Paige, has, Paige, Paige, has, has, Paige has had yes, some big she moments. She, we also have some great pictures of Paige from the uh, Christmas City Classic Tournament. Like nice. the best yep. pictures ever of Paige. Really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah the game against, uh, I want to say it was Ryder. The Ryder game. The yeah. Ryder game. You had, you had, it was your, it was your, did I interview you after that game, I think? You did, yes. I did. It was a big moment, Paige. It was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, d- I mean, you guys are so balanced, you know. I feel like, and you feel that way too. Yeah, for sure. 
one thing I was going to ask now, how different is it in the sense of being, you know, I know you guys still have an underdog mentality, but you know, it's clearly evident. It's probably Princeton and, and you guys, and then maybe Yale as the team's competing for at least, you know, the regular season Ivy league title. And then obviously seeding in the Ivy league tournament. So how's that been of being a program that, you know, is not historically a, a winner like Princeton, but now you're going into gyms where you're expected to win. Mm-hmm. You want to answer that one, Paige? Yeah, I mean, we talked about this the other day. Like, I don't. We don't consider ourselves underdogs anymore. Like we are, we're like one of the teams to be, if not the team to be in the Ivy League right now. So everyone just comes at us with their best shot. So we just have to kind of match our like bring the same energy every night. And because I think we're someone people are scared of in the league. Yeah, and like for me, um, talking about like being an underdog in the past, like that's one of the reasons I came to Columbia is because like I wanted to come here and make a difference and like it's that's that's what's happening right now you know it's obviously it's not just me but like that's like I'm sure that's why you came here and like we've had people not come here because we're we're good now because they they want to play you know so um I I'm like having a great time because we're just we're making history right now and it's like an awesome awesome experience to have so what's that been like because obviously like you know the first years they're they're here and the program is good already so for somebody who's been here pre-covid you Mm -hmm. know when Mm -hmm. the program was still on the rise so to speak what's it been like to kind of now now you've arrived yeah um i'll say it's it's a lot harder when you're losing games a lot harder just like because his morale is down um but like uh two years ago we weren't we weren't like the best of the best or anything like that but like we we fought to get up there and like we made it into the ivy league tournament for the first time in in program history and i think like now it's not maintaining but it's like it's getting better from there always um and we want to be the best like i'm tired of princeton and penn being at the top of the league like we're better than them at this point you know so i think uh you know, it's, it's a cool thing to see that all the hard work that we've put in has, has paid off. And Coach G has really, really turned this program around completely because, like, even since my freshman year, it's just completely different. Well, on the topic of Coach G, I guess that's a pretty big topic, I guess, for this whole episode. Ask, yep. <laughs> but how would you explain either her coaching style or just the culture in general? Um... <laughs> well, preface this by saying <laughs> I, I, I decided to give the hot take of the of the intro that I think she's one of the best young he coaches did. in yeah. college basketball. Oh, yeah. I totally agree. I mean, and she's different than any other coach I've ever had, just in, like, the energy she brings every day and just the way that, like, she is on the court, the way she's interacting with us. Like, she has poured her heart and soul into this program, and, like, I couldn't have asked. Like, she was one of the main reasons I came here. Like, I wanted to play for her and her staff because, like, I knew she was going to take this program somewhere. And, I mean, we're obviously yeah. – we're there. So <laughs> we're going there. How do you think it helps in the sense that, you know, obviously her age ma- makes it a little more relatable. You know, she's not your mother's age. She could be your older sister. But the fact that she played Columbia basketball, you know, can kind of – it's a grind to be a, a student athlete in general, but then to take on Ivy League classes. So, for her to kind of have that understanding of – of what it's going to be like for you to be going, you know, during finals and midterms and all that, and also be trying to play basketball. So how do you think that's helped kind of build the culture and, and help lay that foundation? I mean, honestly, <laughs> I think since she's been here and like, she knows how it is, uh, we don't get away with anything, you know, right. it's not like right. she, she knows how it is. Like, she's not going to be like, Oh, you guys have finals. I'll be nicer today. <laughs> like, obviously, obviously we get a little bit more time during finals, but like she demands the most of us. And like, to answer your question earlier, like that's what I was, I was going to say is like every single day, it's not like she takes it easy on us ever. She demands most of us every single day. And uh, I think like that's one of the reasons that, or maybe even the reason like that we are where we are right now. Right. All right. Well, I think that's all the time that we have this week for Hannah and our surprise guest, Paige Lauder. Hopping on in. Paige, you did a great job today. Great moral Thank support. Thank you. I think I really contributed. You're really <laughs> complimentary, I feel like. You know? Really complimentary. Thanks. The sixth man of the podcast. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We want to thank Hannah and Paige for joining us here today. Uh, good luck on Saturday with the big trip to Dartmouth. Thank you for having us. Yes. And when we come back, Aaliyah, Matt, and Mike Kowalski are going to sit down with Zay McLean from the men's team. So stick around. 
At Athletic Brewing Company, we've built America's first craft non-alcoholic brewery. We've created a lineup of award-winning non-alcoholic beers. Our beers are made with organic grains and start at only 50 calories. Athletic beers are perfect for anyone who loves being healthy and active, but also loves to enjoy great-tasting beer with friends. To give us a try, go to athleticbrewingcompany.com and use code ATHLETIC20 for 20% off your first order. We all know what comes with being a fan, the ups, the downs, and everything in between. Share a Coke with a friend. Coca-Cola, the official beverage of the Columbia Lions. We are back. Mike Kowalski joined by Aliyah Funchell and Matt Sugum. And we've got Xavier McLean as our next guest, Zay. What's up? Welcome. How's you guys? Yeah, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm well. Everything is good. Um, first day of class today, so it was it was something, but it was good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, talk a little bit about having the break and just kind of being able to focus on basketball for a month and now kind of getting back in the swing of things uh, with balancing class, schoolwork, and, and basketball now. Yeah, um, I think the break was something that we really needed. Um, not only from a team standpoint on basketball, but just to refresh and kind of just get away from the rigor of like school and the balance and just New York City and everything like that we were kind of just able to really get a lot of sleep and which is taken for granted throughout the year (laughs) and not really having to make a designated time to eat and having more variety of time to get some food and just to really have leisure time and kind of just detox and stuff like that so it was good and um, today was a lot smoother to go into after you had that rest. You have like one that. under your belt too. That's the other thing. Like you kind of, yeah. you know, you had a semester where you're here and kind of going through it. Whereas last year was all virtual. And, right. Um, you know, it's it's got to be a different animal when you you know step foot and actually doing both now. Oh yeah, absolutely. I was talking to the guys. I was talking to I think um, Eddie and Cam the other day about it. All right, not Cam. Eddie. Uh, yeah, Cam and Eddie, about just how, like, um, it was kind of tough not having that freshman year. Mm-hmm. And so coming into, like, sophomore year and then having to really kind of, like, be a freshman again, it was kind of weird. <laughs> but it was cool. You're though. grown up, but you're not. Yeah, like, it's exactly. like, yeah, like, it's tough to describe, but that's that's got to be how it is. Yeah. 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 I was going to say, what, what's the transition been like? going from you know everything was on on zoom to like you you said you're pretty much like a freshman when you showed up here over the summer whereas you're meeting the coaches in person for the first time going through workouts for the first time so what's kind of like this freshman experience been like as a a season i mean it just seems like everything i thought was going to be just a year later so i mean i guess with that itself it's kind of difficult but um it's what i expected it to be Obviously, when you get a little bit pampered, having um online class and being able to <laughs> kind of stay in your bed while you're on Zoom and stuff like that, and just kind of be in your own comfortable space. Whereas now you have 840 classes, you can't get up at 835, turn the computer on, you got to get up at like 8, <laughs> got to get ready, you got to walk outside, whether it's cold, whether it's hot, go to class and be engaged. So from that standpoint, I feel like it was kind of, it was kind of, I wouldn't say difficult, but it was definitely something that I had to get used to pretty quickly. Um, and then basketball is basketball. Like, I've been doing that my entire life. Um, the balance wasn't really too crazy. But I think just the everyday wanting to get up, knowing that you really don't have to, but you need to. So I think that right there is just it's a special thing. Um, I enjoy it because, I mean, it's college. Is there, quote, unquote, like, the best years of your life, so they say. So, mm-hmm. I'm I'm enjoying it. It's true. It, <laughs> it's true. it is true. <laughs> what was that transition like coming from Spring Lake, North Carolina, to, yeah. to come up to New York City? Was this your first time in this city? And you know, what's that whole experience been like? Yeah. So my my first time in New York City was actually um, during AAU. Okay. Um, so I've been to the city a couple times, um, but I never really got to see the city. Um, like I wanted to until I came and like visited before I actually came to school. Um, so coming here, it was, it was, I mean, it's definitely something coming from like a Southern place where you, you hear some, the term Southern hospitality yeah. mm-hmm. and like people don't really have that here. Nope. Not at all. <laughs> so um, it's, it was, it was different at first. It was different. Culture shock, right? It, I wouldn't say a culture shock for me, but it was definitely something I was kind of like, 
I had to get used to that. That's just the temperament of the city. Mm-hmm. And this, um, so I kind of had to just take that how it was. But other than that, I feel like I transitioned to the city pretty quickly. I always figured I was bigger than Spring Lake or bigger than like where I was at in North Carolina. Some people seen it as arrogance. I don't think so. But <laughs> yeah, so coming to the city, I was just super excited and it was everything I kind of hoped for. So I'm I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, I was going to say, what what's that like to go up and look up Spring Lake? It's a population of 12,500. So to go from that to, to New York City, has that been kind of a, a, you know, definitely not in the country anymore? I wouldn't say... Not to me as much as it is to people around me. They kind of look at me like, bro, like you're in New York. Da, da, da. I'm like, there are times where I wake up in the morning and I'm like, dang, like I'm really in New York City. Like this is crazy. But I feel like it's more of a, it's more of a shock to people around me, like my family and stuff. Um, yeah, because like I know I'm from like I grew up in Spring Lake, but I have family all over, like the um, neighboring cities and neighboring towns and stuff like that. So. Is more of like a community thing. I'm kind of here for like everybody back home. So it kind of puts a smile on their face, which I enjoy and I'm proud to do that. Yeah. So we talked to Jaden a couple weeks ago and he's another North Carolina right. representative. Uh, did you play against him growing up or with the different areas of the state, different levels of, over there? Yeah. Um, actually, me and Jaden never played against each other head to head, but um, his AAU team. Cause since he's a year behind me, so his AAU team we played against them. I remember seeing him a couple times. Um, as a matter of fact, last year um, when I went home, he played my brother um, during Christmas. So I got to go kind of watch them and kind of scout him out a little bit, yeah. bring something back to the coaches. So it was it was cool. Um, me and him talked a lot um, during the summer um, and got pretty close throughout the year. So yeah, but back home we didn't really. Really connect like that, but now that's my little bro. So, who, who won the game between your little brother and Jay? They won. They won it. They won. Yeah, yeah. he had a good game. Nice. He had a good game. <laughs> what is that transition like, though? Um, kind of meeting people virtually or seeing them for that whole year. How did you connect with them then? And then, what do you do now to keep that team morale high? It's crazy because, um, as far as like Jaden and everything, like. I mean, when you're playing basketball in North Carolina, you pretty much know everybody that plays basketball in North Carolina, even if you haven't met them. Like, you mm-hmm. just kind of know their name or whatever. So I always knew who he was, but I never really got to meet him. Um, but um, once he committed to Columbia, his his as a matter of fact, his high school coach at the time was, like, my trainer. So I used to go up oh, to wow. – I used to go up there, and I used to work out with Small World, right? So I used to go up there and, like, um, work out with him and all that. He ended up getting the job at James High School. Jaden commits to Columbia. Now we're all kind of in this, like, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I end up just getting in contact with him, stuff like that. Um, and going back to, like, the whole virtual thing, like, um, it wasn't too – I feel like everybody was the same virtually than they are now, which is a good thing. You don't really get that in a lot of people, mm-hmm. which is why we're so close today um, as far as the team goes. So um, it was cool. I can't really – I can't really say anything too bad. I can't complain. So, what's your favorite part about being back in person, whether it be on campus or in the city, or what's been the best part about actually being here? Just being able to hang out with people, yeah, like face to face, like the way we're talking to you guys now. Like you know, last year we did the whole like newcomers mm-hmm. thing, and it was over Zoom, yeah, which was it was cool, but there's a lot more. Got the headphones on, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the mic and everything yeah. like that. So it's it's more of a just being like around people feels good. Um, so that's one thing I appreciate. I kind of wanted to bring up um, talking about speaking to people, some of your hobbies. So I know that you do a podcast. So yeah. did you want to talk a little bit about that and kind of what your uh, aspirations are with podcasting or maybe yeah. sports media? Yeah. So um, that's something I've always kind of be in- been interested in since I was a kid. Um, but I never really got into it until, um, like, the quarantine period of, like, my senior year. Uh, and it was one of those, like, spontaneous things. Like, one day I just woke up. I was like, okay, I'm going to start this. And then <laughs> I did that. And then I got a lot of good reviews from a lot of people around the area. Um, obviously, playing basketball in, like, the town I was from. I got a lot of um, backing from a lot of people in the community. So it was cool. Um it's been on it's been on the halt a little bit as far as everything because you got a busy. few things going on. Yeah, I got, I got a lot going on right now. Kind of busy, so but um, definitely picking it up. As a matter of fact, um, I just got a little bit of equipment um, last week. Um, probably gonna actually I'm going to pick it back up. Episode coming out this week, so um, 
yeah, it's 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 fun. Um, I definitely want to take it far. I got really big aspirations with it, especially with the whole like NIO thing that um started um this past year. So, um, yeah, it should be fun. What, what kind of NIL aspirations do you have? You know, like sponsorship stuff like that. Um, I actually talked to a couple brands just about like ambassador stuff, and then um, which could end up um turn into like internships later on so um just making those connections right now um which may not be too big of anything right now but just kind of trying to set it up for later planting the seeds i was gonna say how does being in in new york city help with that i mean i oh man a lot a lot um as a matter of fact i was talking to one of my friends and they were just um talking about all this like online shopping and I was telling them, like, I'm not really a fan of online shopping. They were like, yeah, because all the stores that we shop at are right up the street. <laughs> and it's, when I thought about it, I'm like, yeah. So, like, that's actually kind of true. So, like like you just said, like, just having those resources here um, and being, like, in that place um, is a lot of help in itself and really pretty much all you got to do. And then being in a place like Columbia, so many people know so many people. So all you got to do is really reach out, and there's a lot of people that are willing to help you. So, yeah. Well, we're going to switch it to basketball a little bit. And I just want to get your take on how you think the team is, you and the team has progressed from day one in the fall to, you know, where we are now. So what's the biggest differences and and what have you seen? How have you seen the team evolve uh, this season? I think we made a lot of strides Um, from our very first scrimmage against Iona to where we're at now. um, I think we really um, progressed in a lot of different ways from offensively, defensively, um, leadership-wise, um, just being together as a team and just being trying to be positive all the time. I think we've definitely took a lot of steps forward. Obviously, we have a ways to go still, um, especially with the Ivy season approaching or being in the midst of the Ivy season now. So um, we've done we've done a lot of great things. Um, I'm excited about this season. I've been excited about this season. It's been great. But like I said, we just got a couple more pushes that we need to do. And once we um, do that, we could be special. What have you seen – what uh, sorry what have been the differences through the first few weekends of ivy league play compared to non-conference play like intensity up or you're preparing differently or is it kind of like what's the biggest difference we're going from non-conference to ivy league i think it's the mindset um obviously we go into every game wanting to win wanting to um show we show who we are show what we can do but with ivy it's a lot more pride it's a lot more pride to go in there and really do what you got to do um, and everybody's just a lot more focused because anything can happen. Like, Ivy League is one of those leagues where from top to bottom, everybody's just as good as each other, and it just comes down to execution at the end of the game. So um, that's one thing that um, the coaches really um, pride us on is limiting mistakes but creating mistakes for some for the other team. So um, just being dialed in um, more and just there's less room for error um, – well, with Coach Ingles and the staff, there's not really a lot of room for error anyway. <laughs> but there's even less room for error now. So um, I think it just challenges all the guys in a lot of ways, and especially me. Um, I love being pushed. Um, and it's coming to that time where, like, the lights are coming on. So we just got to make sure we do what we got to do. And I kind of love playing in times like this because it really shows, like, what your team is all about. And I feel like we've responded in great ways. Like I said, we still have a ways to go, but we're responding well. And um, I'm looking forward to the rest of the Ivy season. What's it been like in the sense of it seemed like we were finally getting back to normal and then end of December, you know, started having the COVID cancellations yeah. and things like that. So what's it been like, you know, mentally having to deal with that and then, you know, kind of the ups and downs and how you guys deal with it as a team? Um, we just kind of try to control what we can control. Um, um, obviously, COVID is something that is all over the place and it's affecting everybody, but we know that when we're on the court, um, it's us pretty much against everybody. So we want to take that time to do whatever we um, set out to set out to whatever we said that we're going to do and whatever we set out to achieve. And um, whatever happens after that, that happens. But at the end of the day, if we know that we gave it our 100 percent and we went out there and um, executed the way we want to execute, then we're happy with that. Um, on a personal note for how you play, we've seen you have some great hustle plays and some pretty clutch plays, um, especially down the stretch. So how do you keep your composure out there, especially when it's a close game and honestly, every single possession counts? I just try to stay dialed in. Um, I know 
um, focus is a big thing with our team, um, and that that's what comes down to a lot of outcomes in the game, really who has the most focus and who can stay composed at um, those situations where you need to be composed the most. Um, I know um, I bring a lot to the team. I bring a lot of contributions to the team in different ways, um, whether it's scoring, whether it's on defense, whether it's leadership, communication, talking, or just being that guy that needs to provide that spark in whatever way. Um, I feel like I'm one of those guys on the team that can do that. So, um, yeah, I'm just always, always dialed in, always trying to concentrate and trying to make sure we're doing what we got to do in order to win the game. So, you're playing a different role now than you obviously had in your four years in, in high school, right? Yeah, absolutely. So like, what's that, what's that transition been like trying to like key in on certain things that you weren't asked, necessarily asked to do in high school? Yeah. Um, no, I think you, I think you said it the, the right way. Um, when you're in high school and you're scoring a lot of points and you're doing so much, um, there's a lot of other things that kind of get pushed under the rug. I want to say pushed under the rug, but they're not enforced as much as it would be. Well, the level of competition is just exactly a step up. You know? Exactly. So like um, everybody here was the best player on their high school team. Right, right. 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 So it's like, it's one of those things. It's one of those things where you just got to see like what separates you. And I've always said like, figure out what separates you and then try to make that contagious with everyone else on the team. So if you're somebody that hustles and you play harder than everybody else, play as hard as you possibly can to get everybody else to play as hard as they possibly can. So um, I think that's just something that I've always thought about. And I've always, I've always been somebody that kind of really held myself accountable to like the highest degree personally, um, as well as with my teammates. So when I got here and the coaches did that, my teammates did that. And obviously I did it to myself. It was, it wasn't nothing different. Um, obviously, like you just said, it's a different role, but I feel like basketball is relative everywhere. Um, you just got to have the confidence and you got to have the concentration to go out there and um, do what you got to do every night. And if you can do that, then you can play anywhere. And I kind of pride myself on that. Where do you see, what do you think you've improved on the most during this year, especially with like the things that coach angles and his staff stress? Um, just um, systematic basketball and being able to play anywhere, be able to um, play off the ball. Um, I played a lot. I played on the ball a lot during high school. Um, I was very ball dominant. But being able to use the fundamentals to um, help the team win and not just to necessarily get yourself a shot or get yourself, um, like, the stop or whatever credit, but being able to allow that to kind of catapult into something greater. Um, the small things make the biggest differences. Stuff like that just um, – I feel like Coach um, Ingles and the rest of the coaching staff just really – made me look at things in perspective a lot more than I kind of already do. And I kind of thank them for that. Um, my teammates as well, they've always pushed me. Um, I'm one of those guys that I talk a lot. Uh, I talk a lot of trash too. <laughs> so in the game, if I'm not playing the way I talk, they'll let me know. <laughs> and I thank them for that because um, um, they're not afraid to say anything. Um, we always hold each other accountable. Whether we like it or not at the time, we know that it's the good thing. So. Um, yeah. Are you the best trash talker on the team? I think so, actually. <laughs> I think so. It was, it's definitely between me, me and Josh. Me and Josh. I think Josh might have it, though. But <laughs> that's only because, like, if it gets to a point where it's, like, back and forth, and I know, like, okay, he's not going to get dialed down. If I'm talking trash, I'm going to stop. <laughs> because he's not right. he doesn't he, get tired he, right <laughs> so he he can have it but when it comes to just like that situation where you got to kind of back it up i think that's me <laughs> yeah all right so that'll do it with zay uh thanks for taking time good luck thank this weekend thank you we'll talk to you soon all right well that will do it for another edition of morningside hoops podcast uh this is matt sugam alongside Aliyah funchel we've been uh Left in captains of the the ship right now. It's like a pirate ship, I guess. Thing one and thing two. Yeah, We're yeah. closing it out. <laughs> but it was uh, it was a fun fun week 
of uh, basketball, fun uh, fun week of podcast with oh, yeah. uh, Hannah Pratt and Xavier McLean. Any, I, yeah. Anything particular that uh, you took away from the, this week of basketball and podcasting? Um, honestly, I'm just a big fan of getting to know the athletes as humans, as people. So I think we've been doing a great job about that, just getting to know them. So that's been my favorite part of it. Agreed, agreed. These uh, are definitely much more than just basketball players, that's yeah. for sure. They made it to uh, Columbia for a reason. It's not just basketball. Exactly. But uh, what, do, uh, what do all these Columbia basketball fans have to look forward to this weekend this weekend dartmouth so the men are at home saturday at 2 p.m and then the women are on the road so it should be two very good games all righty well we'll uh we'll be tuned in and locked into watching those and then we'll be back here next week to break all that down on the morningside hoops podcast which you can uh, catch on spotify apple and anywhere else you can get your podcast listen to it rate it review it download it unrate it review it again <laughs> do whatever you do to make podcasts numbers better thank you (laughs) we'll catch you next week